0: Hello listeners, it's Zach Lucero here. As a youth pastor, the first couple of weeks of June are dominated by summer church camp, which has made getting John and I in a room together super difficult. But I did take the opportunity to sit down and talk with our high school camp speaker, Stuart Williams. We we talk about all things camp ministry and a little about his fear of wildlife in the United States. As a reminder, we are always open to hearing your questions and or suggestions for future episodes. You can send those to info at okcfirst.com. All right, here's the show. Welcome to the Unafraid podcast hosted on the OKC first podcast feed I'm actually not in my office right now I'm in a strange spot you might hear the wind blowing and a, a babbling brook behind me I'm actually sitting here with uh, my friend uh, and high school camp speaker Stuart Williams how's it going Stuart
1: really really good yeah. really good yeah yeah,
0: yeah you're uh, you're sitting on top of a park bench not or, or on like a like a
1: picnic table. Yeah, after you, after you explained what kind of poisonous snakes you have here, I think I'd sit up on anything right now.
0: So. <laughs> Just keeping your feet off the ground. <laughs> Stuart Stuart uh found some or I guess heard some uh, some raccoons outside of his room and he's uh, not enjoying America right now. <laughs> I mean, you guys have you guys have wilderness in Canada?
1: Sure, sure, but I live in the city, so I'm oh. I'm more <laughs> a city boy than a country boy. Sure. So this is a bit of a stretch.
0: No, I get it. I get it. Uh, so uh, we are we are out at Camp Bond. We're at high school Oklahoma District uh, High School Camp, and Stewart is our speaker this week. And uh, so I thought I'd take this opportunity to to catch him and uh, and throw up a couple microphones, sit out in nature uh, as poisonous as it is, and we're gonna we're just gonna <laughs> talk about whatever at this point. Um, and actually, uh, as I was talking to John, uh, before I even came out here and I mentioned that I was going to be talking to you on the podcast, he, he suggested a, a, a topic that we could discuss. And so I was going to see kind of what you thought about it. Uh, his, his idea was why does camp work or not work or does it work anymore? And, and I'm air quoting work, um, because right. uh, maybe we should define what, what success is for a camp. Um. So maybe we start there. Uh, what what do you feel like? Uh, what what do you feel like a successful camp is?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I I think um, a successful camp is something that has the broadest kind of the broader picture for spiritual formation in mind when it comes to whatever group you're targeting. So the camp ministry itself, um, you know is kind of a defining moment sometimes for kids, but it has to be located in a kind of a broader narrative of spiritual formation. So good camp ministry understands that it plays this kind of punctuating role in the life of kids, but it's not supposed to just kind of be about that moment. And so whatever ministry is done in the campfront kind of has to think about what does ongoing spiritual formation look like uh, in the life of students. But the camp high,
0: Stuart. The camp high. <laughs> wow. I live for the camp high. Inject it into my veins <laughs> once a year. I get that camp high. Uh, right. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, how how do you account for that? I mean, because because often, and, and and the many camps that I've been to traveling for SNU and and in this camp, I've seen a lot of the times that that the focus isn't on the continuing formation it's on whatever happens that week it's decisions that week it's it's everything in between that so like where how do we account for that because i feel like it's kind of moving away from format for formation of students as they go
1: well i mean i think historically you know when you think about you know revivalism in the United States and you know camp meetings and crisis moment experiences of salvation and you know I'm not suggesting God can't save somebody in a moment but I think this kind of idea that our spirituality are just about a moment is is not a biblical idea (laughs) and and so you know for me I think um, as I've grown as as a leader and as a pastor and as a Christian Uh, I've started to see the benefits of uh, practicing what it means to be Christian on a daily basis and um, teaching uh, my congregation, teaching, you know, when I was in youth ministry, teaching our students what does a a, a daily practice of faithfulness look like. Um, The highs, you know, I I think when you're an adolescent, uh, you know, if I would put it this way, I think you are seeking experience, you know, it's an experiential type of, You know, culture. Uh, You you want to feel good, and I think there's a place for that. But if that is all we're driving at in camp ministry, we're missing the mark by a long shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I think I agree with you. I think I agree that like we we should we should live into some of those moments while we're here, and we should um, we should tap into some of that because that's where we're going to meet them. We're going to meet them in those experiential moments. But then, uh, I, I I guess. I guess as a camp director, and I've been the worship director of Oklahoma District Camp for the last three summers, and sort of my thought is that we, um, yes, we are reaching students um, and we're trying to meet them in this experiential moment and then hopefully move them out and and continue that formation. But the way that we do that, um, I've found is uh, through... Making sure that we're taking care of our sponsors and make, taking care of our, our our pastors and adults, the ones who are going to be with them uh, from the weeks to come. And so, um, as we formulate uh, curriculum and as we formulate themes and, and these ideas that they're going to talk through and work through throughout the week, um, I have I have certain you know pastors in mind. I have certain um, volunteer youth leaders in mind, and and the hope at some point is to have the resources to uh, maybe someday pay speakers or, or, or somebody to create curriculum that would carry them throughout the year but that's just like a little side dream of mine but right. um, but but when we at least at this camp when we uh, when we are creating um, when we're creating curriculum when we're creating programming and um, and crafting a theological direction we we're we're thinking a lot about students, but we're actually thinking a ton about the adults that are gonna be walking alongside them as they go.
1: Oh, I, th- I think that's that's probably one of the wisest things I think we can do when it comes to camp ministry, because uh, you know, the question we should always be asking is, who is the spiritual mentors? Who are the, the ones leading students? You know, Who is in their life beyond the scope of a, a particular context, whether it be a youth rally or event or a camp service yeah. itself? And I think that in your context, I would presume you have a good mix of, you know, volunteer youth workers as well as, as, you know, staff, you know, pastors. Uh, But a lot of times in my context, um, those are the folks that need the encouragement, need the empowerment to kind of continue doing their ministry. And sometimes when we have like huge successful events, kids compare that event to what they get regularly (laughs) week to week in their local settings, right? And so we can actually harm, you know, the, the the local ministry by how we do these major events. If we're not cognizant of uh, the local leaders and their context and what they do week in and week out.
0: Yeah, because if we're not, I mean, if we're not injecting substance into this experience, I mean, all it is is experience. Uh, it's 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 just smoke machines and, and moving lights at that point, at least for us. Um, but if we can tie if we can tie positive experience with deep theological understanding and and, and messages and. Um, And small group questions and 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 little one on one questions and things like that. I mean, if we can tie all of this together then then we're 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 cooking then we're moving somewhere.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. I I think I think discipleship is is both you know the theoretical side you know so you're teaching you're preaching but it's also got to do with practices and and the more we can engage students in their learning and the more we can give opportunity for them to be participants in that I think uh, we we actually get closer to what it means to kind of you know disciple students Uh, the the model of preaching at and teaching is 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 in some ways limited and it's maybe the experience that I grew up with more than any time anything uh, but I see more and more the need for opening up uh, the opportunities for students to participate uh, can they own you know their own learning can they participate in exploring what it looks like to do spiritual practices so you know a simple example is if you're teaching somebody about prayer um, you know are you are you empowering them to pray are you giving them that kind of opportunity to actually practice that you know that kind of thing
0: yeah and and what we found uh and we found this during middle school camps uh throughout the years that um that (laughs) uh, attention spans are low um and uh, especially in the mornings yeah Uh, and so we found that doing workshoppy type of things uh tends to have a greater impact on them and and accomplishes that goal of of teaching them how to do these things It was funny i was talking last week with uh with David Bond, uh, who is who was the middle school uh, camp director last week, and 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 we took uh, we took them through uh, journaling, guided journaling, just like we did this week. Um, and David talked to me after, and he said that was really interesting. It was really awesome because they all they all bought in, and they're all journaling. All these middle schoolers, like 300 of them, <laughs> and he said it's interesting because we send them to we send them to one-on-one time, uh, one-on-one time with God. Um, and we ask them to bring journals, and we tell them, bring your journal, bring your journal, yeah, 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 journal, journal, journal. But we've never taught them how to journal. We've never taught them how to do these (laughs) things. We never taught them how to pray. We've never, like, because sometimes, because we don't, uh, and and I'm not necessarily sure if it is the district's job to do that. Right. But we can, uh, I, I guess the way that I view it is that we, we can resource and we can empower um, and it can, I I think workshops are super important and to treat it like a mini conference of sorts um, that they can take things that they can tangibly take home with them and and, and even this morning when we went through guided guided, um, journaling Right. They, they went home with specific questions that maybe they hadn't even thought to ask.
1: Yet. Right, right, right. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I think theologically about formation. And one of the things that I think, you know, and I'm, I'm a Nazarene. My dad was a Nazarene minister in the District Superintendent. And I'm pretty, pretty committed to our denomination. I love our theological posture and position. But I think one of the things we've done poorly is we emphasized, you know, uh, salvation. And we emphasized sanctification. But we haven't given a lot of teaching and uh, uh, you know um, information regarding the context of that life you know what is the the holiness life look like? What does it look yep. like to walk in faith? And so a lot of our events are postured towards either decision-making and misses the opportunity to perhaps, you know, say, let me give some color and context to what it means to live as a follower of Christ. And so there's the sanctification gap, if you will. You yep. know, it's yep. about a moment and an experience without perhaps the content of character and formation and discipleship. Yeah,
0: it's sort of misunderstanding what sanctification even is. I mean, it's, it's the... And and holiness. I mean, it's the, right. it's the formation of the self. I mean, it, it, it's 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 a decision, yes, but, right. it, but it's then like hundreds and thousands of decisions right. after that. I have to decide every single day That's that I right. want to follow Jesus. I mean, <laughs> just like a marriage, like I, I have to wake up every morning and look at my wife and say, I, I yeah. choose to love you, even on the mornings when it's really difficult.
1: Absolutely. And if you think about what happens with the camp hires, going back to what you spoke about before, you know, a kid might, you know, have a sugar high and and be fatigued that's a good recipe for an emotional response to something Amen. and sometimes you know the the high and the experience of the moment fades uh, very quickly once camp is done and nothing is really given to the kid, either in terms of, you know, simple practices of prayer, um, you know, teaching about why corporate worship is important and the ongoing importance of kind of taking care of yourself spiritually. And we leave the kids with kind of an empty spirituality. It's all about just an experience that doesn't actually give them food for ordinary life, day-to-day life. Yeah, you know? I
0: mean, and it functions kind of like a drug at that point. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean it it's feels extreme, but it's, it's kind <laughs> <laughs> true people some people treat it like a drug they're they're just waiting for their next fix of jesus right at that point they're just waiting for that right. next camp high they're waiting for the next time they get that chill down the, down their spine which again in itself is not a terrible thing but when, yeah. when your faith is rooted in that yeah then uh you, you know you have nothing for the ordinary when when life gets you know frankly boring
1: yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and I mean, I, I think as I'm a part of this kind of event, um, I love the fact that there was the intentionality in planning beforehand, thinking thematically. For me as a speaker, you know, it always feels like you're dropping in, you know, and, and you got to kind of do things and, and kind of get things figured out. And But it's so much easier, even when you think about who you bring in, that, you know, if you're the facilitator of the camp or the director of the camp, to be able to kind of give the speaker a sense of the direction that that you're going in as a group, you know whether it be a local camp or district camp like this, and what are some of the key themes, the key key ideas that you guys are teaching and and helping students to discern and live in, and 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 it's I think for me as a speaker it's easier to come into that kind of event and feel like I'm stepping into the stream of where God's already taking you, and and for me even you know as a speaker I think that is probably the kind of ministries uh, that I enjoy being a part of. Yeah, and
0: I remember I remember talking to you initially about this, and I sent you I typed up this big long email, and and ended up taking you through the last you know two years because um, right. I've been worship directing for the last two years, and c- because I all of these themes are connected. I mean, we started we started with image, and I wanted to as like right out of the gate, right when I started. Get some kind of foundation for who God is, right. and like who we are, and like what what the heck do we do then with all that? And then moving along to table, what do we? I mean, the table is a deep, yeah. deep, deep subject to yeah. Take, yeah. take middle schoolers on, but they <laughs> you know they crushed it. Um, and so, but but all that to say, I think it's really important to see where we've come from, and and, and for I mean for for a speaker who's just being dropped in, I mean I, I imagine that it it must have been kind of nice to see that where we've been, kind of what theological understanding they might have. Uh, leading into 2019 um because i mean it all it should i i think if we're doing our jobs right it's not it's not a one-off i mean it's it's uh you know i come from a church that that's lectionary based and so we're constantly um building off of what whatever we've done before and everything is connected and we're all connected and so i'm i'm hoping you know we're not necessarily doing uh the lectionary here but I'm hoping that we can at least keep things connected so that maybe a student can then you know say it's a sixth grader is starting at image and and they'll end up somewhere you know seven years down the line at something else and like they they now have seven years of of just building on top of each
1: other right which right yeah yeah and and I think I think you know uh, camp ministry like this can be formative uh, and helpful to the local leader and pastor uh, you know, the the way in which things are being done here, if there's a big picture, you know, if there is a, uh, a way in which you're following a plan. Uh, you know, when I was in youth ministry, I, I think for the first few years, you kind of just made up what you were going to do kind of year by year, sometimes month yeah. by month or week by week. And, you know, you kind of just try to give it your best. But there's something to be said for actually having a structure, having a pathway. I mean, you know, uh, lectionary-based preaching for me as is something fairly new i've only been doing for the last two years but it's kind of helped us also as a local church to think about where are we heading how are we teaching the story well you know how do we help our people to discern the seasons uh, of, of, you know, of their own lives and how that intersects with the bigger body of Christ. And I think if we locate what we do in the bigger narrative, in a bigger narrative than just our own experience or our own perspectives, I think we stand a better chance of giving kids something fuller to live into, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know. And also the other thing I like about, you know, you brought up the lectionary, but the other thing I like about it is the repetitive nature of it, because we have to relearn things, you know, And and I don't know about you Zach but you know sometimes I'm slow to get stuff and so uh, it's important for me to kind of have something come back at me at some stage yeah. <laughs> you know and I'd be reminded as well but yeah, yeah. and
0: it's it's funny I, I, was, I was talking to somebody after the first year after the first year of me doing this when we did image uh, which was very foundational and I, I, made, I, I made the joke that maybe we should just do this every year. I mean, honestly, we should just keep running this theme back because there's things that, I mean, I don't know if you've worked with middle schoolers lately or even high schoolers for that matter. Like, they're not listening to everything you say. And no. you, you know what? Let's just take it a step further. Adults aren't listening to everything we say all the time. Yeah. And, and I think... I think we should be. I think we we need to run it back uh, year after year. We need to be hitting these same theological concepts. So we kind of do, in a sense. I mean, it's really, it's really kind of the same message yeah. over and over. Hope. Yeah. I mean, hope, and I mean, and, and learning about the character of God, which is right. love. And so, if we can keep pounding that yeah. year after year, maybe at some point, seven years down the line, that sixth grader gets it. Right. Um, right. And, and even last night, I was I was laughing because uh, because uh, I do a call to worship uh, every night during the evening service. And I, I, we,
1: we hadn't talked (laughs) and
0: I I said a lot of things that were ended up being in your sermon.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think you preached my sermon in two minutes, (laughs) actually.
0: (laughs) 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 But It it was funny because like, I mean, honestly, not a bad thing. We should, I mean, it's just sort of a sneaky way of doing it because if we did two sermons in a row, they'd probably boo us off the stage. Uh. But, I think this repetitive nature. I think there's something to it. I mean, because I mean, it. Sometimes it's going to take me the twentieth time to get something.
1: You know what? I, I I think you're absolutely right, and it probably speaks to a couple of things that that you know I've just kind of been been thinking upon a lot. Is one, we we seem to go for a lot, and I think sometimes whether it be in curriculum or in communication, and I think sometimes creating uh, the space for people to chew on something, um, and maybe over and over. Uh, and I know, you know, we don't live in a culture of, of, of doing that. We're always kind of consumers. we going, we give us more, give us more, give us more. And so I, I think even when we do camp ministries, we need to think about how we create more space, uh, more space to, to, to listen and to hear. And, and I think less is more sometimes. Now, when it comes to, you know, camp ministry for senior high students, I mean, you, you don't want to leave them too much space for practical reasons, right? Nope. <laughs> You know, the devil's in the spaces, right? But <laughs> we'll let your imagination go. <laughs> but but at the same time, I think, you know, we live in a culture in which there is no opportunity to actually let formation happen when the pace of life and ministry and information is so fast. Yeah. And so perhaps in, in some strange way, you know, the idea of retreating or drawing away from the ordinary. Uh, can be helpful, like these camp ministries can be very effective, but if it perpetuates the same pace of life mm-hmm. that we experience day to day and doesn't invite you know, students into perhaps an alternative way of, of thinking and being, and uh, I, I don't know if it's worthwhile doing then.
0: That's interesting. Where, do you have any examples of where maybe a camp might get that wrong? Like where they might be perpetuating this lifestyle of, of now, 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 now,
1: me, 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 me? Well, you know, I can speak from a speaking perspective. I've been at certain camps where, man, you're, you're doing five days, you're doing ten sermons, you know. And, I, you know, this is just my perspective. I, I, think, I think that's too much. That's too much for a speaker, one, But, too, it's also too much for any group. Um, so, for me, the, the balance between, for example... Uh, preaching and engaging in learning together, or talking about the sermon, I think that's that's kind of a, a good balance to have, which I think you guys are striking here. Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, I was fishing for a compliment, so that's that, that's where I was going. Yeah, that. no, no,
1: <laughs> no. It, it's it's easy to say that because it's true. But <laughs> I'm glad I'm not doing this podcast at other camps. <laughs> yeah, we won't name you other camps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah oh man well let's take a break and then uh we'll be right back and uh we'll uh we'll kind of take it a little lighter and we'll uh, learn a little more about you and what you're doing and uh yeah we'll be Sounds right back good. and we're back we uh we uh jumped in the pond and saw some snakes and jumped right back out so we're back here
1: uh <laughs>
0: So, uh, Stu, I, I ask everyone, uh, at some point during the pod, um, what's your hope? What's your hope for whatever we're talking about? So, so here, what, what is your hope for camp ministry going forward?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think uh, some of the things we've been talking about is kind of locating camp ministry within a bigger framework of spiritual formation. Once um, of experiences can be helpful, but I think it always has to be complementary. So the hope would be that camp plays a critical role in empowering local churches and local youth ministries. Um, you know, They can become significant catalysts for you know, encouragement of leaders as well as formation in the life of students. It's
0: phenomenal. That's awesome. Uh, I'm excited to do a couple more days of camp with you. Um, but let's move into uh, I, let's learn a little more about you. Uh, you have a very interesting accent. Um, actually, uh, frankly, it's it's pretty sexy. I well, really <laughs> like it. I really like it. Uh, I'm not
1: sure you should include that in the podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna include that. It's good. We're leaving it in. Uh, leave it in. Whoever's producing, it's me. Uh, so, yeah, I have a voice made for radio, I guess. <laughs> That's
0: right. uh, so tell me a little bit about where you're from and uh, what you're doing now and maybe about your family just let us know who are, yeah. you.
1: who are you. Yeah, so I was born and raised in, in South Africa, in Cape Town to be precise, and uh, I moved to Canada in 1998 to uh, study theology. Um, I left a career path that I was on. I was working um, in the Department of Health in South Africa and left uh, following, uh, you know, some pretty tragic experience. I lost my uh, mom, dad, brother and sister in a car accident. And um, yeah, so that, you know, that was a difficult season, but I left, uh, came to Calgary, uh, studied with the intention of returning. And never did, because I met someone at school <laughs> from the east coast of Canada, and uh, we fell in love. And uh, if I tell the story, she fell in love with me first. If she tells it, it's probably true. Uh, I uh, I pursued her. And we have, uh, her name's Ruthann, and we have three kids, Lauren, Luke, and Alana. Uh, I pastor a church in, in Calgary after having left after graduating and working as a youth minister and a district youth ministry director for about 9 years and returned to Calgary and I'm pastoring this church now which I attended as a student for 10 years
0: wow that's yeah. cool
1: yeah how's yeah. that it is so awesome you know i mean one of the one of my one of my passions is to be a part of a church that reflects the diversity of our city and uh, we, are, we are growing in diversity and uh, laying claim to, you know, uh, Paul's words that there is no distinction made where Christ is Lord of all. And so it's a pretty cool church to be a part of, actually.
0: Man, that's great. and. I, I did warn you ahead of time about this. I think the greatest way to get to know somebody is through uh, our favorite segment, uh, rapid fire questions. <laughs> okay. And if you're a sponsor and you would like to sponsor the segment, it is open for anybody. So uh, Taco Bell, we're looking at you. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's do some rapid fire questions. Are you are you ready for this?
1: I don't know, but I'll try. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I'm used to having my cohort, uh, the tall, <laughs> the wonderful, the dad, John Middendorf, but he is not here. Uh, he's actually on his way here, which is kind of nuts. Right. Uh, but uh, So I'm going to channel him and make sure I can do double the amount of questions <laughs> that I normally do. So we'll just start off with a super simple one. The color of your toothbrush. Purple. Favorite trip you've ever gone
1: on? South Africa with my kids and my wife.
0: Your favorite accent that is not your own, British. I mean, yours is very. Yeah, I don't know. What is? What yours is South African and with like a touch of Canadian.
1: Yeah, I've got this weird accent now. People don't. They can't place where I'm from. Yeah, I have no clue where you're from. (laughs) Uh,
0: Your favorite Nazarene pastor, who's not me. Well, after you,
1: Zach, it's probably John Middendorf. Oh, he's pretty good. He's pretty good.
0: I'll, I'll, I'll tab mercy on you. I think oh. I'm going to leave you there. All right. Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, hey, thanks, Stu. Uh, this has been great. I really appreciate you sitting out in nature with me because uh, it is very naturey. I know you don't love uh, the nature too much being from the city, <laughs> but, uh, but I do enjoy these conversations with you, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your afternoon to sit and talk to me. You're welcome. Thanks so much. This has been another episode of Unafraid. As always, we'd love to hear from you regarding future topics and questions that we might try and tackle. The best way to get a hold of us is by emailing info at okcfirst.com. Also, please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. Your feedback and support is crucial to this podcast, and we can't thank you enough. And remember, no matter who you are, you are loved. Thanks, and we'll catch you next time.